it is fucking. It's a little bit sad. I didn't really feel like it until right now. Like the amount of time that I've sat in this chair looking at you with that exact backdrop is kind of crazy. You've grown accustomed to these trappings, right? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, if we, if we're rolling, we are. Do not be afeard. The show is not ending. However, our home away from home, away from home, away from home, uh, a.k.a. our recording environment of the last year plus, probably closer to a year and a half at this point, Club Caraway is uh, having a, a transition. There's going to be some changes with the, the company. Also, Car- Club Caraway is not going anywhere. Nope. But uh, we will no longer be recording our podcast in the chambers at Club Caraway. The classy confines, The man. classy confines of Club Caraway. So we're down here right now smoking these uh, Cristo Ligueros, um, these, these delicious cigars while sipping on some whiskey. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's going to be fewer and far between when we have opportunities to smoke cigars when we record because I don't think we're going to be in a space where we're able to smoke um, from here on forward. So we're taking advantage. Yeah, buddy. Got to wring every drop out of that washcloth. Yeah. And I think today was the first day when I walked in here that I kind of got a little, got a little verklempt, a little sad. It, it also, like, the, the day goes along with it, you know? It's, it's very much a, um, an earnest ghost to camp. Gee, I'm glad it's raining moment as it's been cool and it's been gray and it's mm-hmm. been kind of just on and off thunderstorming all day, but never not raining. And we were discussing what to drink on this podcast. And uh, I knew since this was our, our sort of our, our swan song in the cigar lounge that uh, we should go we should go cigar heavy. So shout out to our, our sponsors, Beam Suntory. We have a bottle of Jim Beam uh, Black Extra Aged. So it is uh, beam bourbon, which is normally aged four years. This is aged double. So it's an eight-year in new charred white oak barrels. And holy shit, this paired up with that cigar is absolutely delightful. And a little yes. bit of a salve on a, on a, on a wound. Um, again, it's wonderful knowing that Club Caraway is not going anywhere. Yeah. The, the physicality is going somewhere, is moving. But the entity, the ideal, and the spirit of Club Caraway We'll continue to live on. Yes. Uh, Club Caraway is sort of reaching its new stage in development. Uh, you know, Super Saiyan, Blue Hair, whatever the Blue Hair ones were on, <laughs> on Dragon Ball. But honestly, it, it's it, a, lot, a lot of news will be coming out soon about the things that are changing about the organization. But one thing that's not changing is that Derek Reed will continue to make the finest bespoke the garments uh, that you can find. I would say anywhere I could say for certain in Minnesota and in the Midwest, like this stuff that he is doing and has done for both of us and for many people that Facts. we know and strangers and celebrities like Buble and, and Vince Vaughn, Tony Robbins, Vince, Vaughn. most of the athletes in yeah. Minnesota. Right. Uh, that's, that is just, all that is, that's just getting better. It's getting bigger. Um, Club Caraway, C C L U B C A R R. A-W-A-Y.com if you want to just kind of see uh, a little bit about the organization. If, you know, we've talked about it in the past, but Derek's been super hospitable, allowing us, um, enabling us to make this our home. 
And every guest we have here is super enamored by our, our surroundings. And that's why we love it so much. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it has definitely become our home and we're going to find a next home. We already have some options and one of them might be real close, real close, but yeah, we, we appreciate everything the club Caraway has done for us. And uh, we encourage you to, to check them out. And to our listeners too, uh, you don't have to, the in-person service that Derek Reed provides is amazing, but you also don't necessarily have to be here. Uh, if you can go to any tailor and get your measurements done and he can even send that to you, uh, what measurements he needs, you can actually work on having suits ordered to you as long as you have all those measurements in. And it really is Absolutely. amazing. I, I, um, we talk a lot about, about self-care and about taking care of ourselves. And I think it is, you know, in the hashtag celebrate everything mood, I think it's wonderful to treat yourself to an outfit that makes you feel good. And I will say as somebody who is not always comfortable in his physicality, uh, Derek made me feel like a goddamn plus size model. When I put on that coat that he made for me and that shirt that he made for me, I get compliments everywhere I go and it feels good because this was clothing that was meant for me. And Absolutely. I look at the way my wife is gorgeous and she has this amazing hourglass figure so she has a very very small waist and then she's got a set of hips and watching the way that store-bought clothes do not fit most women in at least one area it's the same for guys as well and Derek makes clothes for both genders any gender but also it's just a reminder of how good it feels when something is made for your body like, I just feel Absolutely. different. I feel better when I go to a wedding, when I officiate a wedding and I'm wearing that stuff. I feel my chin is higher than normal when I walk out there because I know how good I feel because I know how good I look. And that is, a, it's a feeling that especially men in this society are trained not to want to desire. And I think that's an absolute crime. Because feeling really good in what you're wearing and being proud of what you're wearing makes you feel better inside. Yeah. And I love that. I really, really love that. Yes. And it makes you feel good about who you are, too, and what you look like, no matter what that might be. Uh, I was at a wedding in Atlanta over the weekend, and I got, and it was a small, a very, very small wedding, and I got a lot of remarks on my charcoal flannel. Um, club caraway suit that I was wearing just ooh, look at that thing like wow look at the texture in that thing it fits you really nicely and it's just that's what that's what Derek's stuff does to people mm -hmm. to the person wearing it and to people observing it mm -hmm. um, so thank you Derek thank you club caraway uh, we love it here obviously memories to last a lifetime and uh, club caraway ain't going anywhere so we won't have to miss club caraway just it'll be Club Caraway in a new form. Mm -hmm. I like that 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 Super Saiyan thing. Like it's yeah. evolving. You know, yeah. it's yeah. the and and it's just us mortals that are sad about the the former exoskeleton being shed. Yeah. <laughs> Club Caraway's getting a new wardrobe. Yeah, we're getting a new fit. That's what's up. Shit. Woo. Okay. Well, yeah. This man, this Kristoff uh, with the the Dominican tobacco, this Ligero, it's a Churchill that we're smoking with this. Beautiful double oak Jim Beam. It's a match made in Kentucky. This is um, South. <laughs> so this this cigar has a sort of a 
what I remarked before we recorded. It's got kind of like a, if, if you've ever had one of those plums, it's like choc- a chocolate plum. You get them in East European markets or butcher shops. They come in a little crinkly silver cellophane. Mm. So it's got that dark fruit plus dark chocolate yep. characteristic combination. That plus this whiskey is really nice. And the, the whiskey has that, um, like I made a pan caramel sauce with some dark fruit in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's Ooh. bringing it's bringing the sugar, oh. and I love all of that together. It really tastes like a gorgeous uh, like after dinner treat. And this is an eight year, right? Correct. Okay, really smooth. What's the uh, proof on this? Eighty six. Eighty six. Okay, yeah, it's a easy sipper. Easy sipper. For sure. But it still feels like substantive. Absolutely. It feels like it doesn't feel uh, narrower than some of its bigger brethren. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like a nice, big, hearty whiskey. It's punching its weight against the cigar too. Mm -hmm. Like I really love that, that after taking a puff and then after taking a sip, I can kind of still feel both on my tongue. Yeah. Like the, the, my exhales with both of those flavors are are incredibly delightful. (laughs) I'm Bangin'. here for it. Banging. Shit. Well, we just got back from another trip. Yeah. Are we talking about the trip I was just on or the trip we were on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, you've been, you've been on a trip since we got back from our trip. Since the trip we just <laughs> tripped over the border from. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much right away we went to Atlanta for a wedding. Um, had a great weekend. Great city. Uh, I know we have some listeners there. Hello. Shout out to Scotty the Stallion. Scotty Karate. And yeah, we had our major adventure from our last episode with Connor Champley in, in New York. We were there from Sunday to Sunday, and we got some content forthcoming. That wasn't the the end of it. If it was, it would be very financially responsible of us. But, uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're going to spend some time on this, uh, a substantial portion of this podcast, this particular episode. We're going to be talking about our adventures in New York we're not going to strictly relegate it to that, but it's going to sort of, the underpinnings are, we're going to talk about our adventures. It's the first time that we've solo traveled together and we did it like big. Yep. I can't imagine a bigger solo um, <laughs> or at least duo adventure that you could have with a friend when it's the first time going out of town with just them yep. going to motherfucking New York City. And staying together too. For a week, yeah. Which changes in the things. same spot. Did a lot of adventuring, showed each other a lot of things, uh, recorded video content for the first time. And via that, also, you're going to see us showing one another things that we didn't know anything about. And then also discovering new things, because isn't that the spirit of travel right. when you're with a singular other individual or with a group of people? It's showing them what you know, uh, showing them sometimes things you know about but haven't experienced yourself them showing you also those two things, and then you both discovering things that neither of you knew about, heard mm-hmm. about, had seen, um, and then, of course, just stumbling upon whatever you stumble upon. And if any of this stuff is interesting to you and you want to learn more, or if you're thinking about heading to New York or traveling, again, with all of our adventures, don't hesitate to hit us up. Hit us up on the socials, ask questions, let us know. Like If there's something that really interests you, we, lo- we would love to share any of our experiences sure. with any of you out there. Uh, everywhere that we travel, whether it's it individually or together for the show, I mean, I really feel like we got to see a lot of wonderful things kind of everywhere we go, and I just want more people to experience that. Is it, is it stupid if I read my documentation of almost everything that 
we did <laughs> because it, it kind of shows just the whirlwind adventure. Do we maybe we do that at the we end? Went. We do that yeah, at the okay, end because we may organically talk about some of those places. For sure. And I feel like it would be yeah. more fun to have those kind of go in that like organically <laughs> okay. come up and then we can kind of summate. That's that makes that makes more sense than than what I was just thinking. But I sort of obsessively take notes about like the things, you know, I put the itinerary on a notepad um, in Evernote, which is the application that I use. And then I also have uh, rosters of various things like cafes, restaurants, museums, uh, theaters uh, that are prospective places to go when I adventure in particular cities. And another thing that I like to do is take notes at the end of each day of the things that we did within the, the confines of that particular day so that I can sort of take my time going back and looking over all the things we did and it helps me to remember. Same reason I like taking photos is it just, it's like a snapshot because you see a photo of a glass and it's just a glass, right? Sometimes it's not even a great photo, but it immediately transports you back to wherever it was you were enjoying the contents of that class and you go oh man remember we ran into that guy and there was a fight in the street and then we went and got pizza afterwards so i take really intensive notes about the places we went and then sometime after the trip i'll fill in the blanks about what we did at each of those places mm-hmm. so it almost reads like a like a a song you sure know? like we did this and this and this like in first in, verse just monday in, in brief just <laughs> skipping through like bang 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 like all yeah. the things we did and i didn't i think i remembered almost everything i actually realized today that because i sent you the synopsis Mm -hmm. i realized i didn't even put dante on there yeah actually it was funny (laughs) because i and this is the difference between you and i i pointed that out to the person that i sent it to (laughs) but i didn't text you back about that because it was already out of my brain see i noticed it today when i was typing what we actually did at each of those places i was like wait a second we got garibaldi's um charles i also need to surprise you with uh, the fact that I have sourced us an industrial grade juicer, and we are going to be making Garibaldi's together. Did you get a juicer? I did not get a juicer. Okay, but it came up organically in a conversation sure. with a friend of mine in the industry. Yeah, who remarked as I was explaining said drink to another person. He was not even a part of the conversation. He chimed in, oh, shit, I have one of those. It's been in our kitchen for two years. We quit using it because we got rid of our fresh juice program. So do you just... You want to use it until I need it again? Yeah. So, yes, we yes. will be having Garibaldi's. Yes, I do. And maybe that will be our next video content. Oh, fuck yeah. I want to bring that shit out to Nova and sit outside. If there's one beautiful fall day left, just sit outside <laughs> and just, just juice them right on the table. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say that when so Splinter and I experienced the Dante Garibaldi together for the first time. Right. And I practically begged him when he said he was opening a bar to have that on the brunch menu. I was like, please make Garibaldi's. Well, we can figure that out. <laughs> so we have much fun and we will share said cocktail with you. But until then, please just look up. If you just type in Dante, New York City, Garibaldi, you'll see what we're talking about. Orange juice Campari. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just one of those things where you can't explain how great it is because it's deceptively simple. Right. Which is what they're all about. Just like perfect simplicity. Yes. <laughs> well, well, shall we? Uh, shall we go? I think you're up first, bud. Dig our heels in. So let's cheers to this shit. Cheers. Man, this is really. I've I've had this. I have not had this in a very long time. Mm. Bean black Same. is absolutely delightful. Same. Really great. Okay, let me let me pull up 
Our queries. Queries. Our queries. Okay, numero uno. All right, so I absolutely loved exploring the city with you. And, you know, the very nature that we were just discussing of, like, showing one another things that we love in a city that we, that we both truly love, mm-hmm. um, in addition to our mutual discovery of all the new things. So what was your favorite thing in New York that I showed to you that you weren't previously aware of? And then I will answer thusly. Are you going to answer what your favorite thing was to show me? Or is it what I showed you? Shit, we could do both. But it was uh, what I was looking for via this topic. Was, what was your favorite thing that I showed you? Okay. Well, we could, you could do that as well if you would like to. Even though we're probably going to snipe each other that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll leave it as, as written. Sure. And if we want to digress further, mm-hmm. we can. I, I, um, it would be really, really easy for me to say double chicken, please, because that bar was absolutely incredible. But I have never had a high-end yakitori experience. I have had a high-end cocktail experience. And while I will say that that is one of the finest I've ever had, I, I have never been in a formal yakitori situation yeah and that was absolutely wild in the best way possible um from the simplicity of kono's uh decor mm-hmm. to the absolute incredible perfect char and crisp on every bite that we ate to the that rich chicken broth that we started they started the meal with just a beautiful cup Perfect. Of, of chicken broth with a little bit of, of greens dropped on top. Best broth I've ever had. I would swim in that for the rest of my life and not ever get sick of it. We joked to the, um, the waiter that, oh, could you, could you get us some more of that broth? <laughs> and he said, you have no idea how many people ask. <laughs> exactly. Broth, especially on like chili days. And for somebody like me who really prides himself on, an, on a rich chicken stock, like I am very proud of, of the, not stock, broth. I am very proud of the broth that I make and to have my pride and joy broth pale so amazingly in comparison to that. And that was just like the start. Uh, But it also produced one of my favorite moments. Uh, We, we got the, the chicken oysters brought out and uh, Charles, I believe at that moment you had left to use the restroom. And so I was just kind of vibing and, uh, in a trend that has continued in New York for six or seven years, all of my favorite uh, Asian restaurants play classic hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, this place was no exception. Right. And as I was bringing up my first piece, my first chicken oyster, as I was bringing it up to my mouth, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music started by Outkast. <laughs> yeah. And it's my favorite Christmas song of all time. And as it started, I started rapping along with it. And so I just have this, like, I have this chopstick uh, with, with a beautiful piece of charred meat. And I'm just, like, bouncing my shoulders, and I'm just rapping to myself. And I looked up, and Chef Kono had stopped fanning his yakitori flames and was just pointing at me and nodding his head and going, yes! Yeah. And it was like everyone else was just, like, quietly eating or taking pictures. And I just got this one little moment where I was just, like, vibing. And it was, it was just a, like a perfect moment because for me, 
that was that's the music that I would want playing in a celebratory meal. And that absolutely felt like a celebratory meal to me because it's something that I've heard you talk about so much, but I didn't quite understand because the yakitori that I've had has been in a much more casual setting. Sure. Even at a nicer restaurant, it wasn't the place setting that we had. It wasn't yeah. your chair being pulled out and pushed in. It wasn't your napkin being refolded each time. It wasn't to that level. It was other things on the menu too. Right. And that, in addition to having an incredible meal, it also gave me a window into why somebody that I care about very much, you, likes and, and has become obsessed with it. Like, I got it. I finally felt like I understood why you bought one and why you have one in your backyard and why you enjoy doing it. Right. I got it. And that was a really cool moment for me, not just because of the quality of the food and the level of the service, but also because I felt like I kind of understood my friend a little bit more. And that was, that was just a rad whole thing. Like walking, you know, walking down the, the busy, bustling, dirty streets and then going down this long ass dark hallway that's yeah. unmarked. The narrow alley. The whole thing. Tunnel alley. What do you yeah. call that? It's in Chinatown. Yeah. Um, Lower East Side. I had never been there. It's relatively new. Um, it turned out that uh, Chef Kono used to work at Yakitori Torshin, which is my favorite Yakitori place in New York. And he said he recognized me. I don't know if he actually did, but go with it. It was it was magical. It's very. I know I use this phrasing an awful lot, but it was very Studio Ghibli. You walk down this dimly lit tunnel and then you open this door and you walk through the curtains and then we were also remarking that it was it had some uh had some guy um fly richie yeah had some it had some uh yeah the the major d the, the major the the major d was like this really well-dressed like blue suited bald uh silver goatee gentleman and what did he say? I love a, he said, I love a man and a beard. I love a man and a beard. <laughs> when I walked in. To you, yeah. with me having a beard right behind him, did not even get eye contact. Uh -huh. Well, there's, a, there, there's <laughs> another part of that story that's actually pretty brilliant. Yeah. That maybe it'll come up naturally later in conversation, but it's K-O-N-O, -O, Yakutori Kono. Mm -hmm. Fucking beautiful. I still love calling him Fly Richie because he was better dressed than anybody in it. <laughs> but if all of a sudden he started talking like this, that, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, that was... That was something. If he uh, told me I always beware of a man who keeps pigs, I would believe him. hundred <laughs> percent. I would fucking believe him. Uh, all right. So to turn that question around, Charles. Yeah. The, you're going to be able to see this in our, our, the visual content in the video when it comes out, but it would be McSorley's. I know an awful lot about it. It's hard to not hear about McSorley's. It's a 169-year-old Irish pub. There's one drink option with two variations you can pick light or dark and they give you two mugs of beer light or dark yep. that's it sawdust all over the floor they do have a food menu old fdny helmets wishbones hanging from the chandelier from soldiers who didn't come home from world war one from world war one that's this is a, this bar has been there for a long time staff that's been there for 30 plus years that's like on the low end for yeah. Some of the staff there, uh, Teresa, I believe, said she... Um, 29 years, yeah. uh, formerly working there, but had spent years previous to that helping bus. Also, the first woman... dad was a bartender there. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. she was the first woman to be allowed to bartend. 
Yeah, because yeah, it used right. to be a men's only that's how bar. Old, and that's how old it is. Yep. But just the lore of it and the visual the, the visual integrity of all the age on every facet or object that is in that place is something that feels like it's, it can only be found in a movie set. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about it that is, you can't recreate that. No. Which is not to say, and you know, I remarked this on the video as well, and I don't know if it'll make the cut, but we don't love old bars or dives because they're dirty. Right. We love them because they're, they're well-worn, mm-hmm. because you can feel the history and the people who've walked through those hallowed halls and sat down to have a beer after the best or worst day of their lives. And you can, it's, it's intensely palpable in a place like that. And it's really unique. And you don't find something like that in a lot of cities in the U.S. You might find it in older cities. Mm-hmm. Of course you would. But here it's a very unique and beautiful thing. And I was, I was like, wow, I'm happy that I finally got to experience this at almost 42 years of age because I've never been in this building. But it's, it is something to behold. And I was like thrilled that we utilized that as the... Um, the first shooting location for yeah. a video. It was really cool because uh, that was also the the best experience I've ever had there because I wasn't I wasn't just coming to like go in and have a pint or two and then leave. We yeah. were going there to actually talk to them, and I really thought that that experience was also so wonderful for us as libations for everyone because it took ten minutes of us talking, fifteen minutes of us talking, and all of a sudden, all these people who were at least mildly annoyed we were there opened up like flowers and just started telling their stories. And w- they seemed unsure of us when we showed up. Absolutely. As, as well, they should be, you know, when I, by the I, time we left, they were like, you got to come to the 170th anniversary. <laughs> exactly. They were like, you got to come back. It's in February. You have to come it's yep. all weekend. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's wild to me that, that things go like that, but that's also kind of been the story of this podcast is everybody that's on the show, like even if they're not a friend before they get here, they're a friend when they leave. And I felt that way there. Yeah. And to look around and to have that sort of like kinship that you have with these people that are telling their stories and then look over their shoulder and see like a tab signed by Teddy Roosevelt that's just yeah. framed on the wall. You're like, that is wild to me. You know, like uh, Abraham Lincoln's entire cabinet like coming through there. Like that's just it hurts my brain because in the U S we're so trained to mow everything down. That's old and put something new up, like to have a time capsule like that, I think Mm -hmm. is an invaluable tool for us and a great reminder of the impermanence of our lives and how little in the grand scheme of things it really matters. You know, it's a American history, more specifically a New York American history museum that you can get drunk in. Yes. Plus, there's a morning star maze. Yes, there's a, a beautiful <laughs> giant morning star maze. I wanted to grab that like Simon Belmont and oh just start swinging. God, it would have been just the sound <laughs> of it, like oh, it would have been great. Oh man, yeah, that was that was a, a wonderful and again, like even a place that I've been four or five times. That was that's the one that'll stick with me. How how fucking rad that experience was. Even the guy, the guy that puts the sawdust on the floor, showing me that he got to be in a TikTok video that was had millions sl- of views. That had millions of views. Like yeah. he was so excited about that. Yeah. While in between breaths, telling me, "I don't know what the fuck a TikTok is," yeah. but they'd be like, "But look at that! Like millions of people have seen that." And he looked so cheerful in the video too. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, there he is! There he is! <laughs> there he is! That's yeah. you having fun." 
I didn't know that was uh, possible. Yeah, it's like we say, they don't always hug us when they show up, but they always hug us when they leave. Oh, uh, so amazing. That's, uh, I, I feel like that was reflected in that experience. 100%. At, at well, fucking cheers to that. Mm-mm. All right. So we did a ton, and we're going to talk about that more. What are you mad we didn't get to do? What are you sad that we missed out on? Well, I'm sure you can gather from all the things I was trying to get us to do, and we did many of them. Uh, there was plenty more that I would have loved to do. If we're going to talk about things that that I like to do that we didn't have an opportunity to do, and you know, maybe it's 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 totally fine that it didn't happen. Um, Carnegie Club, having a cigar at Carnegie yeah. Club. I'd love someday to to be able to experience that with you. That's a small thing. We also, we had some, th- the nature of these things, particularly with like our productions, audio and video, some things worked, some things didn't work. And it's okay because it's a fast moving city with fast moving people. We were trying to finagle some stuff with uh, people that I know at Atomics and we didn't have an opportunity to do that. I would love to get you there at some point um, to meet Ruben and, and meet Mark yeah. and to just experience their, their bar um, pairing menu and the wild, interesting, thoughtful cocktails that they make and the food that they make with no kitchen. It's, yeah. just, it's, really, it's really something special. And, you know, everybody knows Atomics. Atomics wins everything. Wine enthusiast just named Atomics's um, wine director as the best wine director in the United States today. It's so crazy. And and Mark, who uh, was just about to be on the show, and Ugh. we might do a remote with uh, sometime in the coming months, was named um, by Punch Drink as one of the ten best bartenders in the United States. Yeah. So this is, they just keep winning stuff. There's, they're that good. They're they are that, that good. Good. Uh, those are. I think. I think that would be the one where, if we had all of the various features of what that experience could have been even though we never really fully figured out what we were going to do with them that would have been awesome and uh you know that and carnegie club and a million other things that i've done before or want to do for the first time are just on the list of things to do the next time i think that's the best part is if you can go into a a visiting anywhere if you go travel anywhere if you can go into it knowing that I'm not going to see everything and there's, there's always a next time. If I fall in love with a place, I can always go back. I think that's a nice way of, of sort of tamping down the, I want to do everything and I want to see everything and we want to go everywhere and I want to hit every spot. It's just not possible. And especially with some of the um, tricky hoops that we had to jump through with recording and filming and all that. Mm-hmm. It just, it changes the dynamic of it. Like I, you know, we even got to Chris Dogs, and for a second, yeah. I had myself convinced that maybe we were going to get to go into PDT. And then you saw the line, and it's just, there is something, I, I think that has to be my answer as much as I want to say, it would have been rad to go to Saturday Night Live. I've been trying for 14 years. Yeah. I've done it in person. I've done it via email. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen for me. But PDT, we had a shot at, and, you know, please don't tell the first time I went there, people were being good about not telling. Like that was still a secret. And now that place is so famous, like it's just, it's tough. And the only time that we really had to go was on a weekend night. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't in the cards. But I will say as cool as you think you are, when you lift that receiver in an indoor phone booth and they say, oh, please come right in. 
and the fucking door, the wall of the phone booth vanishes and you just disappear into a dark hole. That is such a cool feeling. I don't care how old I get. That will never not be amazing to me that you just disappeared through the wall of a phone booth. Yeah. And then you're in a spot that 17 people are allowed in because there are 17 total seats. And then you get to hang out there and you could still order a fucking hot dog through the dumbwaiter. Like that's also pretty rad that you're having, you know, a $25 cocktail while crushing a $6 hot dog. Yeah, for sure. There's something about the trash panda in me just loves the, the high and the low mixed together is a beautiful thing. And there will be a time that we will get there and we will get in. We just have to be more methodical about that. And it just, in the grand pantheon of what we were doing, it just didn't fit in. And that's also something that you have to be okay with. Sometimes you got to pick and choose. I think that when we, when we elected to attempt to get into double chicken, we were choosing our own adventure. That was, I think the opportunity where we could have maybe gone to PDT, but we had double chicken across the street from where we were staying literally. And I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. Not at all. And I've been there before and I've never been to PDT, but that's okay. I mean, we stepped into PDT one evening. That was a Saturday night that we stepped in there and it was interesting because the sidewalk was empty and it was almost like, I don't know, maybe it's not as busy in there as we think it is. And then you walked on the steps and it looked like a, Looked like a scene in a zombie movie where all the zombies are just standing there because they got nothing to eat. <laughs> yeah, nothing is nothing has <laughs> tripped them to like start charging. It's back to the gills. A bunch of people standing uh, still, mostly not speaking. <laughs> we were like, we better get out of here. After we looked at the menu, and Quam was disappointed they didn't have the hot dog that he used to. They love. got rid of my favorite hot dog. Whenever you swap out all of the other meats and you just do bacon, I know there's some nerds that are like, I love bacon. Bacon's the best. I'm over it. I've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Like. Sorry, there are other wonderful things that you can do. But I also understand, I mean, hey, it's a pretty affordable thing in the middle of the Lower East Side. At some point, you got to look at costs. So, okay, it is what it is, but uh, we'll do that next time, and it'll it'll be worth it. Absolutely. And, you know, people who spend their entire life in New York City, literally just people who almost never leave Manhattan, you spend your whole life there and you are a socialite or a public person, you still can't experience everything. Yeah. You're going to something's going to close, something's going to open. It's impossible. So you do have to sort of accept your fate to some degree. And for all that we accomplished, there were times also that we said, fuck it, let's drink some El Tesoro and watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's midnight. Let's just go bit chill at the crib. That's a way of saying like, we can go harder or we can make sure that we can preserve ourselves for another day of going pretty fucking hard mm-hmm. all day. And that's okay, too. And it's something that I'm still learning. Yeah. But I thought we did a pretty brilliant job of that. I also, given the fact that we were staying in an apartment that we rented on the Lower East Side, I do feel like something about sitting sitting on that little futon, watching wrestling, <laughs> sometimes on a computer screen, while listening to all of the sounds of Allen Street and Rivington. That was, to me, yeah. also very fucking New York. Yeah. You know, hearing everybody yelling at each <laughs> other, uh, hearing, hearing my boy that didn't want to get bamboozled because he doesn't yeah. like getting bamboozled. <laughs> like, all of that shit, man. That's all part of the city. That's, all the, that's the sauce right there. Take a second, grab, grab the bread that is your life and just soak up that sauce. Because to me, that's also part of it. Like, that felt like we were actually, like, living in New York. And I love that. Yeah, and I think that we had a couple of days there where 
given the nature of what we do on this program, we went like extra, extra hard. <laughs> There's one day we drank all day, all night, went back to watch wrestling. Quam said, do you want some <laughs> El Tesoro tequila? And I was like, you're fucking right, I do. And came back with a pint glass filled two thirds full with like four cubes of ice in it of nothing but tequila. Then we proceeded to drunkenly be incapable of figuring out how to put YouTube TV on the TV there so oh, that we wow. could watch that was a fail. Monday Night Raw or something. So then we logged into Peacock and we played a Kurt Angle uh, documentary. documentary and we were so drunk that it was about eight minutes in and I paused it and instead of us watching what is his life story i started just telling Quam his yeah. life story <laughs> while we were drinking pine glasses full of yeah. delicious altasura tequila but that <laughs> again i think that's the magic in it that's also traveling with somebody you know i i i have um i have traveled extensively with my wife but uh as we talked about after denmark uh that was the first international trip i'd taken in a long time with a friend and this trip also was non-job related, not full-time job related, but it was a trip that I took. It was the, by far and away the longest trip I think I've ever taken with a friend. And that was fascinating. You know, like part of that was also figuring out how each other works, just like when you're in a friendship or in a new relationship, figuring out if you can travel with somebody is 100% a real thing. For sure. And that can inform you on some shit. And I honestly, I came home from seven days of traveling thinking like, oh my God, we could do this yeah. at infinitum. No, I agree with you. It was, so when we arrived to our apartment and we checked in, we were given a singular set of keys. <laughs> and I said, oh, there's, there's one set of keys? And the guy says to us, yeah, we don't even have a second set. There's only one set. I'm like, sure you don't. There's one set of keys. And we kind of looked at each other like, well... If we split up, that is going to be more logistics intensive mm -hmm. than just doing almost everything together. So we ended up spending most. Yep. I think we split up twice. Correct. So that was, you know, I remember when we got the keys, I was like, okay, so we're going to really have to ride this out. I do. I love, really I love, by the way, my favorite line that you said to him was, that is not ideal. <laughs> it was like it was such a perfectly like I'm expressing my displeasure, but I'm not trying to seem ungrateful. Right. But I need you to understand I don't love this. Yeah, like make a note. Yeah. Have, like, dude, it's a, it's a two bedroom, right? right? It's hard like, to find in New York. But if you get a one bedroom hotel, they give you as many. They give you thirty keys. They exactly. Don't give a fuck. They got one for every day. <laughs> like, There's two bedrooms. Where I'm gonna give you one key. All right. Fuck. Let's figure it out. That is not ideal. Oh man. It was just, it was so, like, I had all this, like, I was, I was trying to come up with, like, hey, well, what if we, there's got to be a hardware store around, and maybe we could just go make another key real quick, like, yeah. if you come with, and you just were like, that is not ideal. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're, I, that. And he, very friendly, but did not seem to have any interest in talking anymore about right. an extra set of keys. Okay, so thank you, like, goodbye. Right. <laughs> just kind of, like, slid through the See door. ya. <laughs> oh, just man. vanished through the floorboards. Yeah, and... It's another sort of travel thing. Literally sharing a wall with the building we were in was this bar that we would have never stepped foot in never. if we didn't have an adjacent dwelling. It's called Lucky, Lucky Jacks. Lucky Jacks. And Shout out to all of our homies at Lucky Jacks. We became instant insta-regulars. Yes. We became insta-regulars. I would say there and DBA are the two places that we went there more than once and everyone was like, hey! Yeah, like, exactly. Again, for everyone who says New Yorkers are unfriendly, 
Lucky Jacks. The first night we walked in there, the gentleman, it was late at night and we'd been drinking a lot. The gentleman working the bar said, we don't serve food. If you want to order food, bring food here. Cool. You guys want to hang out here. We open earlier than most places. Cool. You coming in tomorrow. I'm working tomorrow, but later. So maybe I'll see you at night. If you come in late again tomorrow night, I'll be here. It's very much like this cool, compassionate, fun engagement interaction with this this dude who totally. just kind of wanted to connect with some people. And that place was never crowded, but it felt very comfortable. For sure. And that's like so many places in New York. If you're going to make it, you have to be somewhat comfortable and inviting. I had a I had a crazy experience. There was one of the few times I wasn't with you. And this was what really made me fall in love with that place. So it has an entrance. It, it goes the entire width of a block. So you can walk in off of two different streets. Yeah, it's like all the way to the back. Right, all the way to the back. So front door, back door are two major thoroughfares. From Allen to Orchard? Yeah, Orchard. It was yeah. Orchard. So I walked in there. I was on my way to meet another friend. Decided I was a little bit early, so I was just going to grab a beer while I was there. And there was a there's a an art gallery uh, across the street from the back door in Orchard, mm. and some artist was coming in to sign things for people. And so the line was down the block and around the corner, just crazy. And this dude, I don't know, I don't know, I never found out who he was, but he pulled up and he had a custom made Porsche that had six headlights and like two <laughs> spoilers. It was the weird, like the clearly the car was like a work of art, but it was very strange. So there was a whole group of women. It ended up being nine women that were all in line and the weather had turned a little bit and they were like, fuck this. So they just decided to come on over. And you have a couple of like daytime drunk regulars. You have me who has AirPods in, just listening to tunes, having a pint, waiting to go meet a friend. And then this whole group comes walking in and I was like, as soon as I saw them coming in like one after another, I was like, "Eh, your AirPods are coming out. (laughs) I need to listen to what this is. Yeah. And the bartender adeptly, daytime bartender, adeptly pivoted from drunken mush mouth uh, jibber jabber from a regular to making sure I was okay to talking to these women about whether or not it's worth waiting in line to get an autograph from a painter and then had to navigate. They all wanted shots, but they couldn't agree on the shots. And like she did not bat an eye, like didn't ever make them feel like they were inconveniencing her. She just literally, as people were saying what they wanted, she was just like setting them up. And then my favorite part was that there just ended up being a glass in front of me. And then she was holding one more down below and she just filled my glass, filled hers, looked at me, gave me a one quick wink, boop, like you're watching this shit, right? It's like, yep, <laughs> nine women, six different shots. Uh, <laughs> and then, didn't even ask me if I wanted anything in specifically. I just got powers. And then we cheers and we took it. <laughs> yeah. And I got my tab. That sure as shit wasn't on there. She just knew that maybe I was on her side for this. Maybe because <laughs> she literally watched me pull my earbuds out and just kind of laughed to myself as they were uh, having this discussion. Yeah. But looking at in that neighborhood, the amount of diversity that that bar must bring in because it's open seven days a week and it's open late and you can get in on either side. I'm sure they just see everybody. And it was kind of wild, like just seeing how it all comes together and seeing, again, I, I love the fact that every night we were in there, whoever was working made a connection with us. Right. And then the, the, the sights and sounds of a bar closing at 2 a.m. in New York was also hilarious. <laughs> Fights, fire yeah. trucks, NYPD. It is what it is. <laughs> That's... That is true. <laughs> it's great when it happens when you have to be on your way to the airport at 3.30 in the morning. 
<laughs> well, I guess I'm just not going to bed. You were apparently on the loud side. Yeah. I was just on the fight side, I guess. <laughs> you you were octagon side. Yes, I was. Well, fucking cheers. Cheers. I think it's a, a two for Tuesday for me. I do believe. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've, in the last few months, we've done Copenhagen together and we've done New York City together. What is the next real like food city that you want to explore are we distinguishing the company we keep or are we just saying the place that i we think just like in to, general i mean it'd be yeah. it'd be fun if we could figure out the next thing that we do together but i think is there what's what's next on your list to go sure. on a culinary adventure with? i don't know that it'll be next i or certainly well, hope it will be but the song remains the same I need to spend an extended amount of time in Tokyo. Uh, I still have not gone to Japan at all. Famously had a trip canceled in June 2020 for reasons we all understand. And have not rescheduled said trip because they were closed down for travel until eight months ago, seven months ago from the time of this recording. And going places like Kono or, you know, having been to like, have omakase at Masa in Manhattan just makes me want to see what that's like in the place where those art forms were born. So that's an easy answer for me because that's going to be the one that I dream about until I live that dream. And then from there, it's not actually far from Tokyo. It would be Kyoto and it'd be Seoul. Uh, I'm, I feel like my urge to go to South Korea grows seemingly like week to week. I sort of dream about it. I love Korean food. Uh, I was telling Marnie today about like stews I want to make this winter, um, Korean stews that I'd like, like to make this winter. And we were also talking about, uh, soon to be guest on the program. Shout out to Mr. Odstrambakken. Yeah. Charles H just got. Um, and Alyssa, who is super fucking rad as well. The, that, that goes to both of them. They were awarded number 51 yeah. in the newly, newly released uh, 50 Best list. And they've done incredible things all around the world. Imkok is number 10, I believe. Correct. This year. Uh, constantly in that top 20 range over the last several years. So there, there are a multitude of reasons that I would, I would love to travel to. Like that small section of the world, because that's all in the same space, but... I couldn't do both because I would have to dedicate, especially to more fully answer the question, I couldn't do both in the same trip because I'd want to give them the the respect that they require unless I were to say, fuck it, everybody leave me alone. I'm out of here. I'm leaving for a month or six weeks. But yeah, Tokyo would rank number one. And I think it would be in that order currently. Sure. I mean, I, I Seoul is on my list and I really need, I need to go. And especially having Od and Alyssa there, to kind of help uh, translate and do a little tour guiding, that'd be rad. Yep. But I, th- I think my number one right now is Toronto. I, uh, I, I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, I was an idiot and I earned myself a fucking DUI years and years ago. And because of that, I couldn't go to Canada. Yep. Uh, you were, you were disallowed and having a friend who actually got stopped at the airport and had to spend an evening 
in a holding cell and then a hotel, uh, that, that spooked me enough to not even want to try. I have a couple friends that just made it through and whatever. But without, I got so used to not being able to go there that I kind of forgot about it. And now that is far, far in my, my rear view, 10 years it falls off your record and it's been multiple years since then. Uh, I kind of had just isolated it. And yeah. uh, I just had a conversation a week ago with a friend of mine who just got back from a business trip up there. And he didn't even tell me what he did. He spent the entire time telling me why I needed to go because that shit is what you love. And the more that I started poking into it again, there have been so many new restaurants and so many new trends that have rolled out since the last time I lusted after it Yeah, that it's not that long of a flight from where we are in the Midwest. No, it's not. And it's not that long of a flight, honestly, from, from anywhere in the upper half of the U S um, given the international community they have and given the celebrated food community that they have there, I just think that I got to go like that's to be able to go there and experience like a culture that is similar, but also wildly different. I think it would be wonderful. And you know, if there's a chance that, that we can hit Montreal too, cool. But Toronto seems to be where all of the people that love food and drink tell me that I need to go. Yeah, it's always been, it's been on my list for many, many years. Uh, I got a good friend who lives there, DJ Danthrax. DJ Danthrax. DJ Danthrax. Yeah, he's been telling me for years, for years to come visit. And I've sort of, in the background, wanted to go and have never done it. And he came to my wedding four years ago, flew in from Toronto. So now I'm like, I think he's visited me four times and I still haven't been in <laughs> Toronto. Gotta make it happen. So yeah, that's a that's a great selection. And I would put Montreal up there as well. I've never been to Canada at all, anywhere. No way in Canada. I had a wonderful, weird, crazy weekend in Winnipeg. Yeah. And that's my only Canadian experience, which is odd living in a state that borders fucking Canada. Yeah. But goddamn <laughs> Winnipeg, man, y'all are crazy up there. That to this day, if there's like if you wanted to go back and like make a, a comedy movie about a portion of my life, mm-hmm. you could do an hour and a half hard R comedy about the weekend that me and my band had in Winnipeg. And it wouldn't even do it justice. If you had a documentary crew with, you would think it was fake. So that's my only Canadian experience. I want to go to the, 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 the food center of Canada. And literally everybody I talk to just keeps telling me that you got to go do that. So that's what that's my goal, and I'm speaking it into existence for 2024. I I feel like that's not it. too outrageous. I dig it. Let's Maybe go. that one can be rated NC-17. Ooh, do they still do that? I don't think so. I, I feel I feel like it's it's <laughs> still the out day, there. Yeah, but like, what was the last NC-17 movie that came? I out? don't Fuck. I don't even know. It happened from time to time when we were kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'd be like, ooh, I need to see that. I mean, I don't know anything <laughs> exactly. about the content, but. <laughs> wait i can rent it though sounds great <laughs> let's go to mr movies can't wait <laughs> nc-17 i wonder <laughs> i have no idea i don't even i can't even think of what the henry and june people are googling this shit right yeah now go ahead on their devices yeah, tell us how dumb we are for not don't swerve your car please don't wait till you get to your job or home or wherever or killing hey. time in a parking lot <laughs> cheers cheers That's me. All right. It's a me. Yahoo. All right.
We both love New York an awful lot, and I know we both kind of picture or romanticize about a version of ourselves in an alternate universe that made a life for ourselves there. But what is one thing you might actually prefer about the place that we call home? Green. Green and water. I, 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 um, Saturday night, uh, the, the fight that I alluded to that happened outside of Lucky Jack's, we, had, uh, we, were, we were leaving for the airport at 3.30 in the morning. We're just trying to get a little bit of sleep. And once the fire truck rolled up and was just hammering that horn, and then the cops rolled up, and the cops didn't hit their sirens, but they sure as shit were yelling at everybody. I just sort of gave up. Like, I'm probably not going to get some sleep. If I do, it'll be 45 minutes of really bad sleep. So I was like, okay, let's try and do like a little meditation. I'll throw my AirPods in and maybe like listen to some music and at least try and like rest. And the one thing that I kept coming back to is as much as I wished that I had moved to New York at some point, because there is a lot about that city that feels home. Uh, jumping onto trains, going to see people, the speed the city works at, mm -hmm. the hustle and like, I love all of that. That is not overwhelming to me. That is not too much. That feels, it feels like a city that's built for the way my brain works. I really do love it. And I feel honestly peaceful um, in that city and in Paris because of that. But laying in bed, I was trying to imagine would I enjoy this as much if Jenny was laying next to me and if my dog was trying to go to sleep. And that was when I realized like, that's why Minneapolis is my home. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And that's where I would have wanted to live. You know, I would have wanted to be in the middle of the shit. And right. that's much like when I left the, the bar and nightclub industry, when I realized at 35 that I was living out my goal from when I was 25, I had this realization that the New York that I wanted to live at doesn't exist anymore because I'm not that age. That New York is still there. But I'm not the that you, person. It's, the you doesn't exist. The you that created that dream, the you that dreamed yeah, that dream, sure. isn't around anymore. And I'm still, I, I'm still close with him. I still feel the echoes of that that person. But the thing that I love the most about my life is my wife, my dog, my cat, and being able to go home and chill. And there, there's no chill. There's no none of that. Yeah, and I, no I, I would have, I would have a tough. I like. I'm sure we would adapt. I'm sure you'd figure it out. But I hey, just, there are parts of New York where you can have a, a life that is a stopgap between those two values, but the cost of entry is considerable. Correct. And knowing, knowing what we have, knowing that like I can just wheel my smoker out of my garage. Right. And I can throw a brisket on for 18 hours. And I can straight up leave a $700 electric smoker, or not electric, it's a fucking uh, Traeger smoker. I can leave that outside. I can go to work. And I can come back and it's still there mm -hmm. because my neighbors all take care of each other and we're all kind of in this together. And the ability to take my dog to a dog park that is nine blocks from my house and disappear into nature where I can't see a house for, you know, half a mile. That, that is something that I really, really love. And I would have a tough time getting rid of that. It's wonderful to go visit, but I, I don't know if I could let go of that anymore. I think I've finally crossed that gap where the ability to walk around a lake and I can be like, which lake do I feel like walking around? Not that one today. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. And that 
all of those lakes that I could go walking around are within 10 minutes of my house. And I have probably six like lakes that are a mile plus around that I could go for a walk and I could meditate. I can think about things. I can work through a problem. I can feel like I'm not stuck at work for just a second while I'm working through something. That's very important to me. And every year that goes by, it gets more important to me. Yeah, understandably so. That makes a lot of sense. Where did you Where did you end up on that? But my answer is very similar. It's uh, nature and quiet. Uh, many years ago, I nearly moved to New York City, and my primary detractor regarding the city as it was when I was there to look for uh, an apartment was, and I remember I remarked this to my friend Frank, who is with me, it's all concrete and steel girders. It's just everything is concrete, steel and girders. And fucking scaffolding. And... Ooh. Oh, wait, wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> scaffolding. Scaffolding. The scaffolding conspiracy, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Don't Google that. Or do Google, Google it. You'll lose an entire night on Reddit. After the show. So, yeah, the, the, the lack of accessibility to just simply being in, in some form of nature that is one of the more wonderful things about living in Minneapolis. I live in Northeast Minneapolis, which is on the riverside. My office itself is on the river. I can go that a ways just a little bit to get all the city I need and I can go this a ways 20 yards and be on this majestic body of water there's something about that that's super valuable that's an amenity you don't pay for but it feels like you should and that's not something that I would be able to access were I to have a life in New York now I will still say that there's a part of me that even at my age in my field and spending all the time that I have, especially in recent years in New York City, that I still picture what my life would be like in a place like that today. Now, I have a dog that does not belong in a city like that. So <laughs> no, if we're not at about all. Like what our lives actually are, that's a little bit different. Yeah. But the thing that's the thing is tricky too is if I'm even you know all things equal, even if somehow my dog grew up and was okay being in that type of an environment and we found ways to get him out of the city, you know, on a, on a routine basis. I think that my little family would fit better in the Upper East Side, but yeah. my heart resides in the Lower East Side. We were precisely where, in the, we were, when our recent trip, we were precisely in the part of the city that I adore with all of its blemishes and warts that that part of the city is like, where all the action is, all the joy is and the art and the graffiti and the two-sentence conversations you hear as you pass people and all the... They were roommates. <laughs> all the bars <laughs> that are so dimly lit you can't see your fucking hand in front of your face. Yeah. I love that area. And I, I would love a lot of things about residing there, but... I know there would be times where it would wear thin. It, there'd be times where I'd wish I could step outside 
you know, close the clamshell, step outside and walk 20 yards to the river and just hear that water rushing mm-hmm. just to like clear my thoughts, get me some, get me some brown noise or pink noise or pink noise. That's pink noise. Yep. Get some pink noise to sort of like clear out, wash out my ears. You know what I mean? Uh, but God damn it. I still look at the people who live there and the lives that they lead and they say, wow, this being, being in that, like in the thick of that for a lifetime is probably pretty spectacular. Yeah, We are accustomed to some other things that probably affects our perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, that city, like being, being a lifetime, lifelong New Yorker is a pretty special thing. That's you're, you're, you're a lucky person. If you grew up there and you live there and you lead a good life there, that's important to you. If you grew up and made a life in New York and you lead a good life, that's one of the best places on planet earth to be able to do such a thing. For sure. And, <clears throat> you know, like a, a good case in point, as you were talking, it, it just made me think of it. Uh, a good friend and future guest of the podcast, uh, Brady Beeson, came out and hung out with us for a day. And uh, Brady met his wife, uh, Vanessa, in Midtown, and they lived there for years and decided they wanted to start a family. They ended up moving across the border to Connecticut, and they live in a beautiful house in the woods, it's, it's, you know, these beautiful, like, two-lane roads that just crisscross through nature. I mean, it's gorgeous, but it's an hour train ride. When he came and picked us up at the airport, when Jenny and I flew in, it was two and a half hours in a car to get back there. Sure. I mean, that was, that, was, that was a hike. And I loved that idea, but I also realized that if I looked at it and it was like, oh, this is going to be two hours to get to the city and then I'm going to have to pay $100 for parking, like I'm probably yeah. just not going to go. I was thinking about that while we were going to Newark on our way out. Yeah. Just thinking about peripherally people who live in, you know, Jersey or what have you and the logistics of going to the city and how some people probably romanticize that idea that they're going to be just over there mm-hmm. and they can come to the city whenever they want. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's like navigating into a war zone in effect. Like you really need to hunker down. You have to be fully prepared. Yeah, you got to strap everything down and really get ready, prepare. Yeah. Also bringing up uh, Brady, I got to give a shout out. Uh, Brady's beautiful wife, Vanessa, just had uh, their son. Oh. So we got to welcome Cooper into the world. Big old Coop. Hopefully this is his first podcast shout out, but uh, baby and mom are both doing great. And uh, it was rad to get to hang out with Brady for a little bit of time, kind of before his whole life changes. Yeah, that was perhaps his last hurrah, getting to go to the big city and spend some time having some drinks and going to Jean Famous Foods. And skipping all over town. It was, it was rad. And uh, it was, it was really heartening to, to uh, get those pictures and to know, uh, yeah, to know that my, my homies are making a life out there, you know? And they, they did the city thing, and they said, hey, it's time. They got a, a beautiful big old dog named Buck, and he's great, and they're, they're doing it. But what they chose was a little bit of what we get here, and I love that. And to me, I will continue to visit New York City for the rest of my life, and I will always be a little bit, like, winsome, like, ah, oh, man, what if? But at the end of the day... It's beautiful to be able to travel there and not have to ask what if on my life because I got a great thing here. 
And I like having that dynamic because then New York can always be romantic. It doesn't have to be like, Ugh, I hate the traffic because I don't have to experience that. And I, I, sometimes I enjoy having those things. Like I'll just keep that special. Yeah. And you know, I think we could both comfortably say that we don't know that we'll live here for the rest of our lives, but that might be a, in the city is a tricky place to picture that some part of our life might take place. Unless something greatly changes for us financially. I, I mean, I, there's, still, there's still a part of me that thinks about like later in life, early retirement, streams of revenue that can persist without my intervention, things like that. Like cities like Paris or New York City, where it's like, let's, let's find a place where we're comfortable, where we have all the things that we want to do. But again, who knows? Who knows? But that's the best part. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Like, I, I, I say it. It's so funny. It ain't me. Like, I, I just recently did, I officiated my 37th wedding. And it's funny because sometimes I have to take myself out of it and reread what I read during the ceremonies and be like, I wrote all of this from my heart about these two people and what's going on. But I also have to remind myself to take that advice. And some of it sure. is the best part about this is that the future is unwritten. Like you've been writing this great story, but it, you're not locked into any sort of end. There's no like, Oh, we already know what the end is. So we just have to figure out how to get there. There's none of that. So it's up yeah. to us to write that. You just got to figure out like what, what's the story that you want to write. And it was, it was good for me to reread that out loud to people that I care about that I was looking in the eyes. Something in the back of my head was like, Hey, just a reminder. That's you too. That's everyone. It's, we, all, we all have a story that we're still writing, and it's just up to you to figure out how you want to write it. Yeah, I'm confident that people listening to this, too, are considering all of these same notions, not necessarily about New York City, but sure. about any city they previously resided in or place that they you know, hope to one day reside, or maybe they moved out of a, a city to have a more suburban life, and are, maybe they have kids who are growing or aging and that they want to move back to, like, a more fast paced kind of life. Those things are, you know, obviously values we, we all consider as we go along through life. And then, Hey, there are people who say like, nah, I'm going to live here and I'm going to die here and probably pass this kid, this house along to my kids. <laughs> and good on you, man. That's fine. Yeah. I, I've never felt that sense of permanence and there's a little bit sure. of me that's jealous of that. I would love to be like, Oh, I have a thing and I just want to do yeah. that thing forever. Sure. That would be so much easier. <laughs> I just don't feel that way. <laughs> and I don't know what it would take to get me to feel that way. <laughs> I don't want that, but I love that for you. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, that sounds wonderful. I don't, that's not me, but all right. Uh, all right. Cheersin? Oh, yeah, cheersin. We cheersin? Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to need some more of that. Whiskey. It honestly may be easier for you <laughs> to come get it so that I'm I can gonna, ask you. I'm going to do that. So, Charles, uh, Again, we did a lot of things, and we had a lot of laughs, and we had a lot of crazy stories. But one of the things that I love is New York has so much of its own personality, and it has New York-specific events and New York-specific things. What was the most, I mean, for lack of a better term, like what was the most New York thing? that you experienced in, in that week. And it could be funny. It could be crazy. It could be awesome. Like when you're like, Oh, this is the most quintessential New York thing 
That happened to me. There's... Or that there's you like saw. A, I guess it didn't have to like happen a, to you. There's like a running script, you know, when you're there and you don't always necessarily commit everything to memory, but there's like a running script of all the things that happen there that wouldn't, wouldn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> the, the short answer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to daily double this because I'm going to give you like the simple answer. <laughs> That's so fun. The simple answer is, Right when we got into Penn Station on our way in, <laughs> some guy is fucking screaming, you don't fucking talk to people like that. You don't talk to people like that. You don't fucking talk to me like that. Yeah, I live here. Men, some, other, some other colorful terms came out of his mouth. Yeah. Whoever he was yelling at was not even responding, so I don't know what happened. Or probably in the room. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it was just, this guy was just screaming his head off. And I love that that was this sort of perfect invitation to the city. Welcome. All yes, I heard was like <laughs> fucking Taylor Swift in the back. Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. Just crazy big white dude in a wife beater just walking through Penn Station screaming profanity at no one in particular. Didn't even see him, but for how big his voice was, he could have been 25 feet tall. Oh, just was for our it. listeners, he was, was in a wife beater it. and blue sweatpants with uh, sneakers and like a... The old monk haircut, like the the roundabout, nothing on top, okay. but just like a a, <laughs> a cul-de-sac, okay. a cul-de-sac of now, hair. Now I'm picturing him with that voice, yeah. wailing. You don't fucking talk to people. Yeah, like that. Fucking talk to <laughs> like people like that. But I'm gonna go around my wrist to get to my elbow, and say I've never heard that turn of phrase before. Oh, Jim Carnett likes to say that a lot. I think it might be a southern turn of phrase. That's a, it sounds southern. <laughs> yeah, he says it a lot, and I quite like it. So I've started saying it too. There's something I can only describe as chaotic fluidity. Mm. It's something that is a thing that you experience in a city that's as busy as New York can be. And we had days that were chaotically fluid. It was one thing into the next thing, into the next thing. And then there's happenstance, and there are things you intend to do, and places you end up or arrive at just because they put themselves in front of your your pathway that you're navigating. But a good example would be we had one day where we went to Felix Roasting, got the most beautiful uh, espresso tonics you could ever imagine that Works somebody could make for art. you in your life. Joanna Gaines was at the cafe, which is hilarious. And then um, we went and got these insane pastries at Supermoon, my favorite bakery on planet Earth, and I've been to a lot of the great bakeries on this planet. And that, Oof, that place was that incredible. That place is nuts. Those guys, they do not play. They do not play. And we went and got uh, grandma slices at Scars because the oven was broken, so we couldn't get the traditional slices, which we ended up getting New York slices on our show, which is super cool. And then we got Garibaldi's as we were, like, rushing to get to Chelsea to meet our director, and we managed to grab two spots at the bar and slam Garibaldi's, not even purposely. They just go down that easy. Mm -hmm. And then we met uh, Connor at um, Soho House, yeah. our director. <laughs> After trying to find a bar that I'm pretty sure doesn't exist, we did an entire walk around a block yeah, we went to some trying other to find bar. a bar that has an entrance painting on it that just doesn't yeah. have a door. Right. We ended up in some Mexican bar and got some cerveza and a couple shots of uh, mezcal. Mm -hmm. 
And he came and scooped us up, and we went to Soho House, which is a private club. Uh, Lena White, Lena White was there yep. from uh, Master of None. Aziz Ansari's best friend was sitting next to us. Then we went to Bar and Books, had some fine cigars and scotch. I dropped my ring oh, yeah, um, at, at Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Dropped my ring down uh, down the sink with no guard on it. Then we, well, oh yeah, we had been adventuring in Chelsea Market. So after we got cigars and scotch, we were like, let's go get some tacos at Los Taco Number One, which had a huge line, which closes at ten, and we walked in at nine fifty-seven, and they were yeah. like, of course, we're still serving yeah, tacos. They hooked us up with these beautiful El Pastor tacos, and we sat outside and consumed them. And we were just about to step on the train when we got a phone call that my ring had been procured. So we went back, collected my ring. Then I hailed an Uber. I was like, all right, this is my fault. Let's just get an Uber. So we got an Uber and we went back and we went to Lucky Jack's and spent the rest of our evening in that bar. But just the chaotic fluidity of everything from point A to point Z of that day and the people that we saw, the people that we met, the food that we ate, the drinks we enjoyed, the cigars we enjoyed, the uh, stupidity of me losing my ring, that everything about that. Sasa that, talking about his wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> Like doing like 1980s stand-up bits while we were having hey, this whoa. discussion. <laughs> Just the narrative of that day, yeah. like the script of that day. Yeah. Entirely unintentional. Some, was, some of it was purposeful, but like so little of it. Honestly, in that day, nothing went exactly to plan. We didn't mean to go to Felix Roasting, but I'm glad we did because we tried to go to Abrico and they were closed that day. And then I was like, there's a Felix Roasting location nearby and they make this dope-ass espresso tonic. And we went and got those. Even us getting the pizza at Scars, it wasn't the slice we were looking for. But we got that grandma slice that was ricotta and like gobs of melty white cheese and we dumped a bunch of red pepper on it and it was great and i would have never eaten that if they had new york slices because it's my favorite new york slice on earth so house that was a connor call the cigar place that was a connor call lucky jacks i think it was the first time we went in there correct that was just an audible so we didn't intend for any of those things to happen the ways that they happened but it ended up being Perhaps my favorite day. It was definitely top two or top three of the best days that we had. And it was feature rich. The whole day was just swimming. We were swimming through the city. And I love that about New York. And that is strictly New York. You can experience that in other cities like Paris, right? Or in Madrid or you know, cities like that. But there's so much happening around you that even if things don't go exactly according to plan, it doesn't really matter. You don't need a plan to have one of the best days of your life. And totally that, agree. that is like so on brand for New York. Oh God. That really was like, it's the first time that I've actually pondered that entire day start to finish. It really was like kind of a perfect day. Like unintended, for but sure. sometimes that makes it better. It just happened that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, honestly, I think my favorite, there was a lot of, God, there was a lot of things that I, I kind of wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Okay, this we're going to daily double this too. Because I think that that what's the most New York thing can be two can be two things, right? Like one is the moment where a stranger just says something and it's so like perfect. And obviously like with everything that's going on in uh Israel and Palestine in in New York, 
it's sort of an epicenter for the U.S. for a lot of those tensions. And kind of everywhere that we went, you sort of either knew that there was a protest building or something was going on in a different neighborhood. And trying to navigate that was pretty crazy. Um, and just literally just all of the passions that are overflowing on all sides while we're also standing on a lot of political uncertainty within our own country. Like the, the stakes, that was the highest I've ever felt the emotional stakes being in that city. Um, and I met a, a friend of mine that I've known since she was 15 and I was 16. Um, she's an actress and a director and a writer. And her and I went and grabbed coffee while Charles was up to some other stuff. And uh, I just wanted, she was leaving from a pretty busy train station. And I just wanted to make sure the, the Midwesterner and me just wanted to make sure like she was good getting to her train. And, you know, we were going to be walking through some pretty big groups of people that were shouting a lot. So we walked through and nobody bothered us, you know, got her on the train and I'm coming back out. And uh, there was a group of um, uh, Jews in Hasidic dress. I, I can't speak to their beliefs, but they were, they were traditionally dressed. And I was coming up from the train station and this guy sort of grabbed me and I was walking like stride in stride with an African-American gentleman next to me. And this guy just kind of puts his hand almost onto my chest and says, excuse me, my friend, are you Jewish? And before I could even say anything, the gentleman next to me goes, man, you know they don't grow them this big where you or you know you guys don't grow them this big. And all three of us had like a perfect tension breaking laugh. And then he walked back and yeah. me and that gentleman walked off. That was it. And it was this moment where we all got to release a little bit of tension in everything that was going on and nothing else needed to be said. It was like a perfect laugh from two complete strangers and me in this situation that is awful no matter how you look at it. And we all got to have one quick laugh and break a little tension and then walk off. I loved that moment because it was, I, I, A, I just got to be a witness. I didn't even get to say anything. And B, it was a really cathartic laugh for, at least from what it appeared, for all three of us. And then we all just fucked off and did our own thing. For my actual, like, full experience, it was that same night that we tried to get into PDT. Mm -hmm. We were just trying to avoid the sea of mid-20 children. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these kids just going everywhere. The guy in the Burberry coat that just was peeing on dumpsters and running everywhere. And the, the groups of drunken, like, girls trying to figure out where they're going next and eating pizza. and like wearing, Everyone wearing 90s club wear, by the way. Yeah, everyone like dressed to the gills in, like, 1997's 90s finest. Fucking club wear. Oh, so weird. Chokers and Doc Martens. I just, I was yeah. so sad that I didn't see any, like, X-brand jerbos. Pleated leather skirts. Yeah, yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> so we, f we finally, like, we get away from that crush. And now at this point, we're just trying to find, like, some food and maybe a beverage somewhere. And we were sort of looking around, and we walk past this place, and a guy just steps out. He's like, hey, man, you guys looking for a drink? Like, we got delicious cider. We make house-made yeah, yeah, cider, cider inside. Yes. And so we go in, and we sit down, and I'm kind of looking around, and I'm like, okay, I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern. But then I look over, and I see the bartender's book, and he's reading Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut, my favorite author of all time. Mm -hmm. And so we start this literary discussion and then the people on my, like Charles is on my left, the people to my right all start joining in and we're all just talking about books. And I've now noticed that there are zero women in this place. It's only men. And 
they have a vodka called Super Gay, and they have gay beer. And it's and the, called, the place is called S-T-I-C-K-I-N space I-N-N. No, no, no. It's S-T-I-C-K-E-T-T space I-N-N. It's the stick oh, yeah, it yeah, in. I fucked that up. And I, I looked up and I saw it and stick I was like, ah, oh, there we are. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense. And because Minneapolis and St. Paul are smaller cities, we have beautiful, wonderful gay bars. But it's not like... It's not as homogenous. It's not as homogenous, and it's not just on a strip like where everybody's just kind of coming in and out of yeah, the bars. Like a bunch of bars. This right. is bars. Like everything about that place just felt like, of course, we would stop in here and like, oh, it's a boutique cidery, like rad. Yep. And then the more that we start talking, it's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And they didn't discriminate either. Nope. He called us in from the corner, absolutely, from the street so we could come drink some delicious cider. Yeah, which was fucking great, by the way. And. You know, I was like, well, I feel like we need and to order. Super Gay Vodka is really good. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I feel like we have to, if we're going to hang out of the stick it in, I feel like we got to get some Super Gay Vodka. And it was like, they knew we were tourists. They knew we weren't from New York. And instantly they were like, oh, but they're down. Like, you guys are cool. And honestly, I'm glad we left because we got to go get some food and we got to, you know, kind of bum around a little bit more and get some more steps in. But we could have stayed there for another two hours. Yeah, and it was... Sure. It wasn't like, oh, let's go to a gay bar. This was a bar that happened to be gay. And that was one of the things that I realized where living in a smaller city, that's not always the same. Like, the gay bars in our cities, I love. And I love going to them. But it's like you're going there as a destination. This was like, oh, we're just running into a bar. It was packed. Everybody was having a good time. Music was fucking on point. We're talking about books. We're talking about drinks. Mm -hmm. And we're just having fun. And I loved that because it just reminded me of how the, I've talked about it before. The anonymity of a big city is beautiful to me where it doesn't matter. Like nobody's trying to categorize you. It's are you are you treating people well and are you coming in to have a good time? That's the only thing that matters. And it kind of just put a stamp on like, fuck, man, like that's what I would love about living in Manhattan would be it just doesn't matter. Like. Are you, are you cool? If the answer is yes, then fucking come on in, doors open. Let's hang out. And it made me sad thinking of the amount of people in my life that wouldn't ever have that experience. Mm -hmm. Because they, well, what kind of a bar is it? Who fucking cares? Is it, is it good? Is it fun? Are the people kind to you? Then that's all that should matter. Right. And that was, to me, like just a perfect, a perfect experience that we literally got flagged in. And we just had this great time chilling at a bar and talking about books and talking about the world and like had we more time after we found it i absolutely would have gone back there and had another drink or two with those guys and again we were wandering yeah like that was that was an evening where we had really no particular destination in sight we did have our we did we had our hearts set on finding some shawarma we ended up in halal guys and then we were like ah we're not real hungry anymore we ended up getting Shawarma the next evening, mm -hmm. but that was sort of the loose, the sort of hazy navigation point was, let's uh, find hall guys. There's multiple locations. Let's just walk. We'll find somewhere to drink. We'll find something to eat if we develop an appetite. And we just walked around and had some drinks. And yeah. that's that's all we needed that night. And we got to watch a bunch of children wearing clothes from a time machine, <laughs> pissing on dumpsters, and <laughs> had some really good cider and vodka. And then just explored the city on a perfect night. And that's all we needed. Yep. It's all we needed. 
I was really sad because I, I took a picture. I literally thought, for all of our listeners that have heard a lot of our episodes, I thought that I had found a trash panda beer. And uh, looking back on it, that was 100% a badger on that beer. It was not a trash panda. I took a picture of it. I was like, dude, there's a raccoon on my beer. I love it. Trash panda lives. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's for sure a badger. But it was still delicious. <laughs> and that super gay vodka, I 100% would, would rock a bottle of that in my house. It was it was delightful. Smooth. It was smooth. It was very smooth, a little sweet. I loved it. It was great. I'd like a martini with that next. Yes. Yes. I can't believe I didn't have a martini the entire time we were there. Just occurred to me right now. Did I? I, I think you had one. Oh, I had one at the bar that she was like, I don't know. Let me see if I can find some olives. <laughs> yeah. Which ended up being like. And hair of the dog. Yeah. It ended up being like suitably bad. Yeah. Which is, I like dirty vodka martinis. And it was. Real dirty because those olives were probably under a refrigerator. <laughs> I heard it rolling on the on the on the tile. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but hey, again, that place. I'm glad we stopped in there. It was <laughs> it was worth the adventure. All right, let's cheers this yeah. up. Boom. Where are we at? You're bringing it in, man. Number six. Wow. You're crushing. We're crushing today. We are. We is. All right, Quam. So maybe it's NYC. Maybe it's somewhere else. And you sort of touched on this earlier in a roundabout way. But what is a place you've explored thoroughly without your significant other or more so without them being present? that you would love to explore more deeply with them, particularly as sort of a tour guide. Like, I love this place. Let me show you more of what I love about it. I'm really lucky uh, to have the partner that I have because um, she has put up with me actually doing that because I really enjoy bringing the love of my life to cities that I have love for. Yeah. Because then when I think about that place that I love, I can also think about her being there. Right. That's why this is yeah. applicable in this arena and probably a lot of listeners it's applicable to, particularly people who travel for work or people who also travel for enjoyment, but not always with their significant other. The sad part is that my answer is where I'm going next without my wife. Okay. <laughs> I, I really, really, really want to bring her to Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. I love that city. I, I have loved it for a long time. And this will now be my third trip to Atlanta without my wife. Okay. And has she been? She, I, not to my knowledge. Okay. I do not believe she has been there. It's weird for me because this is a trip. Uh, th I, I did offer if she wanted to come with on this. Mm -hmm. um, I am going to Atlanta to see a band reunite that has not played the music that they're about to play in 24 years. This is very much a me trip. And as much as I want her to be there for it, I also understand I'm, I'm doing this for me. And I was like, I would love if you wanted to come, mm -hmm. but this is a me thing. I am going to go lose my shit at a concert. And I, and I also understand for how obsessed I am with music. That's not the most fun for anyone, uh, friend or, or wife to watch because I, I'm not, I don't want to talk through the show. I just want to go lose my fucking mind and sing along at the top of my lungs and jump around like an idiot. That's what I'm going for. I'm leaving 
on Thursday morning and I'm coming back on Saturday. Yeah. I'm ostensibly, I'm going to go, we're going to visit a brewery from uh, past guest Evan and that'll be rad. I'm going to have some good food, but ostensibly I'm flying to Atlanta for a concert. Elsewhere Brewing Company. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Great to have her. But God, I really, it would be really fun to have her there because Atlanta has a, a beautifully diverse population. Um, I, I love walking around that city because to me, that's actually what America should look like. Right. On top of it, they have beautiful, awesome, like really great. You get it in a wax, greasy wax paper, Southern food. They also have this incredible fine dining scene. They have a good craft beer scene there. They have old, they have new, it's whatever you want, you know, like, um, my friend Steve that I'm staying with, uh, the gas station by his house, he had just had to get gas when he picked me up from the airport. And there's just a dude with a barrel smoker just cooking up ribs. Steve's getting gas. I'm going to go over and get a couple of ribs. Like, that was amazing. I got them served nice. to me in paper towels. And I smashed them, and they were great. And then that night, we went out to, like, a really nice fine dinner. You get both. And I love that aspect of it. Also, the, just the history. It, mm -hmm. It's great. I think that city, with green everywhere, the fact that, like, uh, as far as climate goes, it could qualify as a rainforest, given the temperature and the amount of moisture that, that really comes through cool there. Really cool foliage. Yeah. Like, clay, clay everywhere, red clay everywhere. Every road is called peach tree something, so you could basically just take peach tree to peach tree to peach tree, and eventually you'll get where you're going, or you won't, you'll just find something else great. Yep. Um, that, to me, I would love... I would love that. I would love to go explore more of that with her um, as all that food is also right up her alley. I think it would be really fun. And also, like, like, I got a bunch of friends there. And, you know, we all used to be wild and crazy in our 20s. Everybody pretty much is, is married and settled and kind of has their own shit going on. But it's still fun to get together and see where everybody's at. So I have a little bit of, like, personal home with my friends that are all there. Sure. And also just this beautiful southern metropolis chock full of all of the greatest food on the highest end and the lowest end of of expense and it doesn't matter you're going to get great flavor either way it's up to you what you want to do with that and i just i love it there i think it'd be rad to to bring jenny down there and and rock it out what about and it's, it's it's expansive architecture is beautiful lots of human activity lots of people being social which i really love there's people doing stuff yeah uh, it's the footprint of that city is impressive and wild it's fairly easy to navigate the freeways get busy and they're really complex but you can tell they're built because of all the offshoots can go in so many different directions but going from the southwest corner where my brother-in-law and his wife live to the northeast corner to go to Krog street to go to ticonderoga club a couple days ago was a 11 minute uber which shouldn't even shouldn't be possible but you just shoot all the way across mm -hmm. town when you look at the map my god it's a huge city yep. it's a huge city super artful lots of things happening yeah it's a it's a really cool city and i yeah I, again even just driving it's gorgeous everywhere that we we went when i was there last time everywhere we went i was just like oh my god this is beautiful oh my god that's beautiful i i love that yeah. you know and i don't know to me it's just, uh, I will never get tired of going there. But uh, Charles, what about, what about you and Marnie? Where, do you, where would you want to explore with her? It's going to be New York City. 
Mm. It's going to be New York City. It's a place I've spent a lot of time in. Uh, it's a place that's ne- near and dear to me. It's a place I almost decided to make a life. It's a place I have friends. It's a place that I have a great deal of knowledge and understanding of where the coolest things to do are or among the coolest things to do are. And it's a place that she has not explored very deeply. Her brother was in the military, so he was just north of Manhattan for five years. And she's been there, she's visited him there, and he's had his graduation ceremony and and everything that that entails when he was in the army. But the city itself, I feel like there's so much that she hasn't seen that I would love to show her. And so anybody listening to this, and you know, yourself, Quam, if you have a partner, you can, you can and do contextualize the places that you visit Mm -hmm. even in your own city if you go to some new cafe that your partner has never been to you think to yourself oh i'm gonna i'm gonna bring her or him or them here like i i i need to i better make sure to make a point to bring them here and that is so many places in that city yeah so many places in that city that when that does happen, and it will obviously occur at some point, I don't know where we're going to start. That's, that's what dis- distinguishes it from somewhere like Denver or Santiago. Simply knowing that there is so much to do and see that we can't go wrong. If she feels like a specific thing, I'm going to say, I got some options for you. Well, yeah, I, I've done two trips to New York with Jenny, and we still, there's so much more to see and do and now you got new stuff too yeah that's the other thing is it's just a perpetual cycle yep. and it's just there's something really romantic about the city for as hustle and bustly as it is i've never been there with a romantic partner but it's a different kind of experience with a romantic partner than a coastal city Agreed. and i'm a and i'm a city boy so i think that showing her like a romantic five-day weekend in a city like that speaks a lot to who I am as as a person expressly that not every city would. Yeah. So it'd be showing her who I am in a way that she hasn't seen because that's my favorite city. All told, that's my favorite city on planet Earth. And getting to share that with her and have a fun romantic weekend or week with her there. I'm, you know, right now the wheels are spinning about all like the fun stuff we would do together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so tough because everything is different when you get to bring your, your, your chosen life partner with, you know, it's, you can do all the things you want with friends, but it's just, it's different. You know, it's, it's just different when you see a show or something like, yeah. Run around a museum holding hands. I, my, my favorite New York memory with, with Jenny was um, we went up to the Upper East Side to grab, I think we were grabbing food uh, with a friend, and then it was kind of drizzly, but not bad, and so we bought an umbrella, and we walked all the way across Central Park, and the entire walk across Central Park, we saw one other person. 
And I will hold that memory in my heart. That was 12 years ago. I will hold that memory in my heart forever because I, I don't know anyone that's had that experience of walking all the way across Central Park and not seeing anyone. And it was just because it was raining and everybody was sheltering and we just, yeah. we just kept yeah. an umbrella over us and we walked. And then we got to the Upper West Side and we went and saw my homie Leah and we went and hung out at her bar and we had a couple of beers and a shot to kind of warm up. And then we went out and we went out and grabbed food and we had a wonderful time. That is, that is something that Charles, as much as I love you, I probably wouldn't have done with you. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it would have been great and it would have been a fun story, but I would have been like, all right, fuck this shit. Either we're going to get a horse-drawn carriage and go all the way on this, or we're just going to get on the fucking subway and we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, we, we cuddled platonically, but that was it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> only on the futon, though, because oh, yeah. neither of our bedrooms were big enough. <laughs> the only place, the only, yeah, there was, there was only enough room to cuddle on that just to sit. <laughs> <laughs> big boys, you know? God. I still love the fact that my entire bedroom was just the size of my bed. Yeah, you slide the doors and there's nowhere to stand. Yeah, it's I just, just literally had to roll off the mattress <laughs> into the living room. Yep. That was the only way. How perfect. Perfectly in New York. <laughs> do you do you have the list handy? Do you want to do you want to do the rundown of everything? Yeah. Cuz I feel like it. I feel like uh hearing it almost puts it into perspective. Yeah, you know, this isn't this isn't self-serving. I kind of want to just talk about what we did so that we give a sort of a full snapshot of the places we visited and if anyone cares to inquire with us via a DM or email, charles at libationsforeveryone.com or ben at libationsforeveryone.com or via a private message on, on Instagram, you know, we're happy to interface with you. If We'd love to. If you're curious about a place or if you have a story about places we've gone or places we should go, please feel yeah. free to, to share with us. We will be back. So please let yeah, us we, know. We love sharing those experiences with you. So, all right, let's let her rip. And I'm not even going to say like times, I'm just going to go. So... We had beer somewhere. I don't remember when we first showed up because we were waiting. Oh, was that that place. Italian joint? That uh, yeah, yep. So we stopped at the place. I don't something like that. It's in some newer place. Then we had burgers and beers at Smash, football and beers at Ray's, my favorite dive bar anywhere. Ray's fucking slaps, y'all. Ray's is that so bar cool. is a must visit. Cousin Greg's bar. We got scratch cocktails at Attaboy. A couple rounds of brilliant scratch made cocktails. You just describe what you what you're feeling like and they just make you cocktails and they're adept at it. They know what they're doing. That's why they're so highly ranked late night slices at an Alita pizza before we headed back. Uh, we got those world's prettiest espresso tonics at Felix roasting those insane pastries at Supermoon. those grandma slices at scars, the Garibaldi's at Dante Splore Chelsea market. We met Connor at Soho house. We broke bread with him at uh, barn books with some cigars and scotch. We had those perfect tacos at Los Taco Number One. I will dream of those Alpa Store tacos for the rest of my life. Brilliant, brilliant, and that's in uh, Chelsea Market, by the way. Great place to explore. Mm -hmm. Nightcaps, plural, at Lucky Jacks. We had a stellar lunch at Gian Famous. Always a joy to have food like that that is not worried about burning or numbing your tongue. Mm -hmm. Like this cannot be understated. Give it to me. Smashers and fries, a 7th Street Burger. That was a little exploration that I went on. And then some playoff baseball at Lucky Jack's where people said, where are the Minnesota Twins from? And I had to say, I'm from Minnesota. They're from Minnesota. <laughs> some house-roasted roasted coffee at Abrico. The fried chicken lunch at Bob White. Afternoon drinks, which included that martini at Hair oh, and the Dog. Oh, there it is. Beers and whooping uh, qualms ass in Mortal Kombat at DBA. Oh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> 
<laughs> door busting cocktails at Double Chicken when we lined up right away and they brought us right in, which we were so happy for. We watched Jim Norton front row at the Comedy Cellar. Incredible. We had massive slices of gooey artichoke pizza at Artichoke Pizza, mm -hmm. believe it or not. I will also say, I know that you're going there for the artichoke pizza. That meatball parm fucking slapped. That hot sauce. Yeah. Once I threw some hot sauce on there, a little vinegar, a little salt. Holy shit. That was a great slice. Yeah. Only paled because that artichoke pizza was so good. The artichoke pizza is really unique, too, because it's like artichoke dip on top of a pizza, and it's not a New York slice. It's almost somewhere in between. It's a little breadier. It is just laden with this gooey artichoke dip on top and it's broiled so it's it is so good i mean we both put in work and we still didn't quite finish that slice and then somehow we still ate more food because we went to the gotham burger pop-up and got some beautiful gotham burgers we were lucky to be able to catch one of their pop-ups because that is always a treat oklahoma city or oklahoma smash burgers are wonderful please i know i know i know i know i used to be the i don't like onions guy when i was in high school like don't don't go to an oklahoma smash burger place and then tell them you don't want onions people were doing that yeah Ugh, it just that. made me so <laughs> sad but yeah an outdoor burger pop-up just playing 80s hair metal was fucking rad yeah yeah just blasting it in the street we got coffee at froth and then we had our video day where we went to mcsorley's scars tiger lily Gray Mare and Barverde, you're going to be able to catch that content sometime very soon. Then we got uh, omakase at Tenoshi and cocktails at NR with our friend Dessa. Shout out to NR. Those cocktails were incredible. And our sushi chef. Fantastic. That, that omakase chef, when he busted out his phone and showed us each of the fish that he had cut up specifically for that dinner. They like, had the map where yep. they pinned the locations of where the fish were caught. He's got his little laser pointer. That was the cutest thing ever. Yeah, that was something else. And, you know, the bar is so high for omakase in New York City that that was, I mean, I don't know where that ranks in the pantheon of omakases in New York City. It might be ranked number 47, but that's how good oh. sushi is. And, like, the City. little cups of shrimp's head broth that they brought out. The fact yeah. that he told me, like, hey, just so you know, this is a bring-your-own-bottle bring place. So if you want to run to the liquor store that's a block down and just grab some sake. And, of course, that liquor store just yeah. happens to have a rad selection of sake. Yeah. So I got to bring back a bottle of uh, Junmai Daginjo, which I thought was, was great. really wonderful to go with that. And, honestly, yeah, you're paying omakase prices in New York City, but then to just buy sake at a liquor store and bring that in, like, that almost inverted the, the expense. Right, and we got, uh, it was cool that we had a multitude of different broths because we had chicken broth, we had shrimp broth. What was the other one? We had another one that I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember. But I was like, wow, we had broths of so many different animals. That was really cool. Just boiling bones over here. Oh, yeah. Then we had uh, Japanese breakfast and perfect siphon coffee. Oh, my God. High Collar, this beautiful Japanese bar that I adore. If there is, honestly, if there's one place that I can beg you to go, go get breakfast at High Collar. Like, I, I, I will say that that was probably the most original experience that, that I had that whole time, where I wasn't, I, I guess I just wasn't expecting the level of service and the level yeah. of quality that we got. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's intimate. It feels like you're in a bar in Japan, purportedly. Yep. <laughs> Someday I'll find out. But that was that place is awesome. And their coffee is perfect. They make si personalized <sighs> siphon coffees. And their coffee selection, the beans that they source, are brilliant. Yep. Just absolutely bonkers selection. 
we flipped through records at Ergo Records. Uh, I explored Washington Square Park, which I always like to walk through, Love and it was park. a perfect day. We got early evening cocktails at Mace. Mace does some really Oof. cool stuff with the ingredients that they utilize in their cocktails. They're always in the top 100. They're, they're really worth checking out. That garlic cocktail will live with me forever in my heart. Then we had that stunning yakitori prefix at Kono. Ciders at Stick It In. Beers in Underberg at DBA. Yeah. Which, again... That was our second time there, and they were like, "Hey, what are you guys? <laughs> we're leaving. You know, we're leaving tomorrow." And there was just that experience of of them treating us so kindly cannot be understated. Also, that is a beer bar, DBA. It's a beer bar, but it's like a beer bar frozen in time ten years ago Correct. because they I wouldn't say they refused to change with the times, but they didn't just convert their menu to nothing but hazies. And they said that it kind of affected their business, but I think now things are coming back to center. It's just a good feel in there. They're kind of nerdy. The crowd that hangs out there is really cool. There was a very sweet dog hanging out with us. Great tap list, but also really great bottle list. Like a lot of cool 750s. And they change their their beers quarterly. So when they're done with that menu, they also put up a lot of those 750s for a really, really affordable price. Yeah. Yep. The next morning, we it was rainy, and we were like, fuck it. We don't have rain jackets or umbrellas, but let's go find some breakfast we got iced americanos at froth uh i got a creme brulee croissant at supermoon because i had to get back there one more time and we just so happened to pass it and then we just happened upon pig and cow which Quam was real hype on going to it's a filipino restaurant we got brunch there and it was banging fucking amazing that pig's head dish that you ordered was breathtaking oh my god so good with the jasmine rice the fried rice garlic fried rice Yep, yeah. that was so good. And we had our last drinks at Lucky Jack's once more to, you know, wave farewell to our friends. And then we put the exclamation, part, uh, exclamation mark on our adventures by getting shawarma at NYC Falafel because we were like, we got to get some shawarma. We got, and it was really fucking good. It was delicious. Really fucking good. So that is the entire narrative of, or, or at least probably 97% of the narrative of our adventure. <laughs> Oh, it just occurred to me. It just occurred to me. When I when I ducked out and uh, when you were walking, was that when you were walking through Washington Square that I went and met up with Brady uh, after Jean Famous? Uh, he proposed to his wife at Cooper's Bar and they named their baby Cooper. I just realized that right now. That's fucking rad. <laughs> That's amazing. No shit. So I got to see literally the spot that he got on his knee to propose to the absolutely gorgeous and wonderful oh. Vanessa. Wow. And then uh, the Great Mare was where they had their uh, their uh, engagement party. So it was kind of fun to get to like step into a, a human that I love so much. It was fun to get to step into a little bit of his world that I missed. Um, I missed out on. And to get to go there and, and see all that was pretty rad. But yeah, it was, awesome. I can't wait for you guys to see the video that we shot. I'm, I'm just so proud of what we got to do. And again, uh, shout out to Kenny and Carla and Stefan for all their help and, and Connor. I think you guys are really going to dig what that is. And hopefully that's going to kind of start a new precedent for us. Heck yeah. We've, uh, we've met with a few, uh, uh, should we say, filmmakers slash camera folk here in town. And I think that uh, 2024 is probably going to be a lot more video content from us. Yes, we're looking to expand that uh, 
area of content for the program. I think we have a lot to offer. And we can't wait for you to see the, the stuff that we did in New York and with this absolute top flight crew that we had Ugh. working with us that, let's be honest, we didn't deserve. No, like, not even kind of. We're, we're really, really happy with our experience with this crew. They were exceptional. And just a little bit that we've seen, the little snippets and screenshots of, of what's to come is super exciting. Yeah. Connor, the director, even remarked, he was obviously the guest on the last episode, if you have heard it or you want to go back and, and listen to that episode. He remarked, when people see this, they're not going to say this looks like a Food Network or a YouTube food show. They're going to say this looks like a Netflix food show. <laughs> and then I saw the stills and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I think we'd be remiss, again, if we didn't thank uh, Dessa for how incredible she was for rolling with. Um, we had a, a at Tiger Lily, there was a, a, a gas line issue from the construction outside and everything had to freeze until Con Ed could clear everything. So things got a little delayed and we kind of had to run and gun on a fucking patio in Manhattan. And we still made it work. And it was the professionalism of all of the people involved and of Dessa for just rolling with us that we got yeah. the content that we did. Fluid chaos. Fluid fucking chaos. The old <laughs> FFC. Said it a million times. <laughs> oh, well, shit. This has been a lot of fun. I, I, I feel like when we recap this stuff, like I'm almost back there again. Like I can smell a lot of the food. I can feel how rad that was. I, I kind of... Even though I pulled the goddamn doorknob off like Shrek, I really felt like, <laughs> I felt like we talked about it a lot on the show. I really do believe as much as I love hotels, when you rent an Airbnb in a city, you get to pretend for a little while that you live there. And it has weirdly become a thing that I'm kind of obsessed with. I like staying in a hotel. Don't get me wrong. I'll stay in a hotel anywhere. But man, I really love renting a place and feeling like, oh yeah, this is, this is my hood. Like that's, that's where I live. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, here's a, Here's a little of our uh, today's edition of how the sausage is made. I just noticed an email come through. I got a notification from Airbnb that I received a refund. They, of their own volition, because I didn't file a complaint, of their own volition, they refunded us for a part of the day when the doorknob was off the door. Crazy. That's pretty cool. Good looking out. That's a good, that's a good uh, uh, landlord. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll take like, it. Hey, they couldn't access the spot. That's you mean cool. friend we stayed with? Oh, <laughs> if anybody asks, we are friends. We are friends and you are staying with us. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other fucking way. <laughs> Honestly, like that might have been, now thinking about it, that might have been the most New York thing ever. That was really... <laughs> The cloak and dagger. Yeah, gave us the know. wrong the wrong address. Got the wrong address twice, and then we were standing on the street, and the guy waved at us. He's not going to get in trouble from this podcast. And he just gives a little. He gave me a little shoulder shimmy, and he goes, uh -huh. "Airbnb." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah, that whole that whole thing. You're standing with your friend Terrace. <laughs> it was like you know what it is. That was that was a well seasoned pan that set us up for a beautiful dinner. That was, that was a beautiful, that apartment was a, a cast iron that has been worked on for 15 years. That's the <laughs> flat top at Matt's bar. That gave everything that we did 
a little bit more of that like background authentic Lower East Side flavor because everything that we did coming and going involved that. The, the construction guys painting half the stairwell, the, everything. It was <laughs> yeah. the, the lock that went the wrong way. Like all of that was so perfect. And every time somebody would ask when we were there how our place was and I would explain it, they're like, oh, that's fucking perfect New York. Yeah. You know, sure. the, the, the bedroom that only fits the bed. Perfect New York. Uh, the, <laughs> the toaster on top of the refrigerator. Like, of course. The dumb smart TV. Yeah. Us <laughs> having to plug the modem in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah everything. The the this cutest range top I've ever seen. I mean, that yeah. was what, a foot and a half by a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Like that's I forget those creature comforts that we have and how how different that is, you know. The fact that my kitchen in my seventeen hundred square foot house, my kitchen was bigger than any room in our apartment in New York. You know, like that's right. wild to me. <laughs> but it was it was great. It was it was perfect, and it it honestly added so much to that experience. Like I would I wouldn't trade that for anything. I wouldn't trade it for a hotel. I'll tell you that. Well, Quam, why don't we enjoy a little more of this uh, Jim Beam double oaked black, furnished by the fine people at Beam Suntory. Beam Suntory, bringing all of your spirit wishes to life. And uh, call it a day, baby. We love you guys, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. We got a crazy guest list coming up over the next month and a half already set, and then a whole bunch of other incredible guests lining up for, for December into January. So we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.